0: Are listening to Orms Air, the Orms podcast, an open space where we discuss everything photographic and invite you to step inside our world of photography. For over 20 years, Orms has been the creative's go-to for all things photographic, from the best gear to breathtaking display options. Visit ormsdirect.co.za for everything you need. Let's get chatting with Dionne Ubab and Rachel Reeves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Orms Air the Orms podcast. Today in studio, we're changing things up a bit. And while we're normally joined by guests and fellow creatives, today you are going to be treating your ears to the melodic voices of Jess Semple, our podcast producer, and myself, boop, boop, Rachel Reeves.
1: Whoop whoop whoop! Yay, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jess and I sort of feel that while we have an incredible bank of fellow creatives who join us on the show and we pick apart their lives and we sort of ask very probing questions about where they go to replenish their creative banks and creative wells or however you want to phrase that. Um, we, we, we consistently ask people this and we feel like maybe it's time to turn the tables and share a little bit of what What inspires us? Where we go to? Yeah, basically
1: basically just an excuse for us to make an entire podcast talking about (laughs) things that we like for an hour
0: and a half. (laughs) You've caught us. There we go. Guilty as charged. (laughs) So join us while we share some pretty cool stuff that we enjoy. Yeah, I think it's going to, I think it'll be great. Uh, Generally, I find that if
1: if you enjoy talking about something and you're passionate enough about it, I think other people will enjoy it
0: too. So there we go. But I'm sure we'll get some feedback. Let us know what you guys think. Um, We always love to hear feedback. Absolutely. Okay. So shall we roll the intro? This is so backwards. This is not a thing that we normally say. It's just a bit weird yeah. that you're sitting across the table from me, you know what I mean? It's normally very weird
1: because I'm on an actual chair and normally yeah. I'm on one of those ridiculous <laughs> office chairs rolling around trying to keep the wheels still so I don't like, cause all sorts of awful background noise.
0: <laughs> all the while paying close attention to sound levels and yes. background noise. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I suppose today actually you're wearing like three hats. So Jess, yes. would you like to start this off? Oh wow, okay. And share. With okay. me and our fellow listeners, a space in which you go to seek creative enrichment.
1: Yeah, okay. A space that I, I go to seek and and one that has been a very fundamental and very formative part of my life in the mm. most bizarre kind of roundabout way. Yeah. Um but since I was much younger. So I would like to to present to everybody the wonder that is the collective. Form, formerly known as the collective, now known as Antil Films, and I'll be—I will be massively surprised if yeah. any of our listeners know who these people are. So, if you guys do, please <laughs> hit us up.
0: <laughs> Give Jess a shout out.
1: I've only met one other person in my entire life who knows yeah. about this, like just independently, like not in that circle. And he was an instant friend the moment I met him. Oh, of course, we, we both wanted to have a little cry. It was very emotional. <laughs> um. So, The Collective, now Antil Films, um, is a group of filmmakers, photographers, and mountain bike riders. Mm. And what they did with, uh, they kind of came together and they were like, we have this vision to document mountain bike riding as we experience it as first-hand participants in the activity. And they really wanted to kind of, like, shine a light on, like, the finer details of the culture surrounding mountain biking. And one of the quotes that they had from, like, a, I think it was, like, a director's commentary Mm -hmm. about one of the documentaries is they said, if a sport can be defined by the feeling that you get from participating in it, our mission was to attempt to define it by capturing those feelings on film, to capture the moments by focusing on their finest details while also trying to see the forest for the tree.
0: Oh, I know. I know.
1: It's really great. So... What they did is, um, they this is back early two thousands, mm-hmm. um, and the the era that we've sort of moved into with action sport yeah. films, particularly mountain biking downhill related ones, mm-hmm. it's it kind of went through a renaissance around that time. Like before that, it was it was like a hellscape of just yeah. testosterone is the only way I can describe it. The videos were just awful; they were like crudely filmed. It focused just purely on like (laughs) the crashes and the wipeouts and it was metal music. It was very like,
0: it was a boys club
1: essentially. Very much so. And like very little cinematic thought, Mm -hmm. very little storytelling, at least in like my limited experience of what I was exposed to. Uh, Granted back in the early two thousands, I was a young human. (laughs) (laughs) So my memory may not be, may not be wildly accurate, but when the, collective got together and they made their original three films they released them over like four years i think from like 2004 to 2008 yeah and they completely redefined the genre of biking related action sports films completely it was the first time that these films were they were not only telling these amazing stories and giving you basically these really in-depth profiles on the mountain bikers but they were like they were absolutely beautiful um i mean the first um the first two possibly the third the third documentary mm-hmm. i don't know for certain though but those first two were actually shot on 16mm film cameras what which is no it's insane it's absolutely crazy so like if you think about that like these days obviously we've got gopros and action cams course, and yeah. stuff but when when they wanted to do like a point of view shot of a guy like just pinning it down a trail, yeah. they had to actually strap a 16 mil film camera onto a bike somehow. Which is or, insane. Or, or even a follow shot. Then they had to strap it onto somebody else's bike and have a cameraman ride the bike following. Ugh, I'm like, just
0: shaking my head in disbelief.
1: <laughs> no, like from a technical standpoint, it was obviously kind of crazy what they yeah. were able to achieve. It was more, for me just seeing uh, like stories or seeing footage Mm -hmm. driven by emotion because that that is exactly what they outlined in this quote this was not about oh it's so epic bro yeah exactly in that jump yes it was it was it was a story and it was about feeling um and so that is the most roundabout way that i'm getting to this but i want to talk a little bit about like why this collection of guys mm-hmm. inspires me so much and their work particularly i haven't even mentioned the names in the films i just realized that so the, the first three <laughs> the, the, the first one self-titled It's yeah. called the collective um very fitting actually seeing that it was kind of their introductory piece to to them as filmmakers and also to this this group of cyclists yeah. um and then the second one is called rome it kind of focused more on like The journey and all the like crazy places in the world that you can go and bike, and then the last one, which um, was kind of out of those, it was kind of hailed as like their masterpiece because it it focused on I think seven different riders but over four different seasons, Mm -hmm. and each rider kind of was a season, and it was yeah no it was crazy, Um, and it was just it was absolutely. Yeah, it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful film. It kind of, it is the benchmark, I yeah. think, for most films in that genre. Like, if you can make anything close to that, yeah. you've succeeded in making an incredible uh, mountain biking film. But for me, I was introduced to those films, gosh, I was probably about 11, 12 years old oh when wow, I okay. when I got into mountain biking. Yeah. yeah, so that would have been about 2007 because... Seasons kind of came out mm. while we were very much immersed in this culture. Yeah. Um, but the other two films had been out for a while. But for me, it was the first time that I, as a young person, watched a film and I had this desperate, indescribable need to be involved in this in some capacity. Yes, I needed yeah. to create something. Yeah. Um, and That was just the most bizarre thing. And initially, I was very confused about, like, how I felt about this. Mm -hmm. I thought that it meant that I, like, wanted to be a downhill mountain bike racer, which I attempted. Fun fact, I... Trained and everything. My family was massively into cycling. I even competed in a few races, and that very quick, it, yes, it very quickly came to an end when I crashed in front of a professional mountain biker who I had a massive crush on. Oh no! And I got stuck under a bush, and I thought, oh you know no. what? This is not for me. <laughs> 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 um, but that is yeah, it was absolutely hysterical in hindsight. Oh, so shame. then, so then, instead, I wrote an entire novel about mountain biking.
0: As one does. As one
1: does when you're trying to process the trauma of crashing in front of somebody you very much admire. (laughs) Um, But as I've kind of gotten older and now obviously I've found myself in this career that is videography um, Mm. and this passion that is visual images and stuff, um, I've kind of become more aware of how this original anthology of films has kind of defined my childhood Mm -hmm. (laughs) and kind of increased my drive to create because I wanted, I realized that I wanted to tell stories that move other people in the way that that film influenced me.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So, and I mean, it was watching, it was kind of like, it was the first time that I realized things like the importance of soundtrack. Yeah. Because I mean, honestly, like if any of you guys do, do go and watch this. I mean, you don't even have to watch it. You can go and find the soundtrack and just listen to it because they are, it is the most beautiful collection of, vastly different types of music you've got everything in there from like the most obscure indie acoustic stuff mm-hmm. to like metal you've got rap you've got hip-hop um it's and it's kind of like to even define my music taste now as an yeah. adult because that's what I grew up listening to um I mean and even still like you can put that music on in my, this is how much we watch those songs you yeah. can put that you can put any of those playlists on anywhere in my family home and one of us is going to stick our head out there be able to name exactly what song it is what album we know the scene it comes from even my poor mom <laughs> oh, <laughs> it shows shit. you how much we <laughs> forced my poor parents to watch this film yeah I mean there's like cinematic principles that I just unconsciously kind of absorb yeah from it it's bizarre like when I look at my own work now and even my early work before I had no idea what I was doing when I was still shooting videos on. <laughs> Aperture priority instead of manual on my DSLR. Don't oh, kill geez. me. Oh I know. Unforgivable you sin. You I were was learning. so so young two years ago. <laughs> 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 um but like thing simple things like when should footage be slowed down? Mm. When should it not be? When should it be sped up? When should I cut a clip to a beat? Yeah. Or when should i rather time an action in that clip to yeah. a certain moment in the song like using i think that was the main takeaway from it was kind of the integration other other than um obviously the the story and um like really really how you can like really do an amazing profile an amazing feature yeah. on somebody as a as an artist um just those sort of very basic cinematic principles so that that is my very very like Weird and all over the place <laughs> thing about <laughs> the collective now Antil Films and yeah oh, I I don't even know I I have to stop talking about it at some point because I will just keep on going <laughs>
0: no, but it's it's incredible and I think um when you have that as your almost like your introduction or yeah. your you know that that space in which it creates I, I refer to it and I refer to it when I I'll, when I start talking about my stuff yes I literally refer to it as something that creates tunnels in your mind. Ooh. It's almost like it it lo- allows your like creativity to flow to different spaces that you yeah. may not have been able to access before.
1: I like that tunnels, I, mind tunnels, mind tunnels, creative mind tunnels. It's like little
0: wormholes, and if you if you yeah. think about the analogy, it gets a little bit creepy. But <laughs> I I think it works for this context. Yes, um, but it's also kind of a beautiful realization when you mm. when you figure that out and you you find how how and I find that you do this now mm. even where you you spend not a lot of time but you you conscious you are very conscious of the way that you put song and visual mm, together that's very and I, true and it's it's beautiful to see mm. it really is and it's really interesting to hear where it yeah. where it sort of was inspired from
1: yeah i didn't i don't even think i fully realized it until mm. i was actually preparing for this episode but it has been the thing even when i've been weaker on other cinematic things yeah. like even early days that is always something that i have um, paid a lot of attention to yeah. and felt that I did have a bit of a natural skill for was picking even if everything else is terrible about the film <laughs> I can pick the right song to get the right emotion but this is
0: exactly yeah. it and yeah. I think that's also very interesting and I, I feel like we both touch on music mm. um, but how important music is very much so within a creative mind space because mm. it really I mean it, it affects it can affect it can elicit it can evoke so yeah. many different emotions depending that's on very true I suppose also depending on where you are in your own mind space. Mm,
1: yeah, that's 100% true. Like the perspective at which you're coming at it at that, three, that point in time and all of your history that you've had with that music yeah. up until then. Yeah,
0: know it's crazy, crazy stuff. So my first, my first thing on my list of um, spaces in which I've sort of been given creative enrichment, um, it has to start first and foremost with words. So mm-hmm. words are my thing. Words are my happy place. Words are yeah, I think just words in general are my yeah, my my happy place. I think that's the greatest way to Words so.
1: are the foundation of literally everything. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> yes, they are.
0: And yeah, so I think um I sort of put a, a great emphasis on that. So I feel like it's very natural for me to start off with a book series that and as I mentioned earlier, essentially opened up creative wormholes within my own brain um so i'm talking about the incredible philip woman and his mm-hmm. dark material series very exciting oh my gosh where okay. do you even start with this well
1: tell me just tell me all okay. the things
0: <laughs> so i first read the series my i think my mom gave it to me when i was about eight or
1: nine
0: mm. um And there was just something about the way that he has created this world. You fall, you fall, sorry, you fall, headfirst, and Mm. you are just lost in the most beautiful, relaxing sort of Mm. like very, very safe space sort of way. It's not scary. It's just Mm. incredible. And I think I've read so. There's three books in the series. Well, there were three books in the series. There is now a fourth. Um, there were three books in the series, and I read those books. I just es- essentially read them in like a couple of days, just ravenous to get to the next one, you know, find out what was happening, dive deeper into this world. I don't know. There's something about the way that he writes, there's something about the way that he creates his world, there's something about the way that he creates his characters that really spoke to me. And I think it was essentially my first understanding of this idea that people can. Take something from within their own mind space Mm. and put it into a book and others can be there with them.
1: That's amazing. I've never thought of that.
0: That's yeah. So I think Philip Pullman for me, that that, yeah, that is my essentially my introduction to the idea or the the sort of power of words, really. Mm. And like being I've been a reader, my parents are big readers. That's it's always been a thing with me. But for me, that was the first time that I ever realized. That it could be a thing, that it could be as powerful as it is, you know?
1: I mean, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. and it is is something I think of a lot when I watch um, TV shows and things, is that, I mean, and the foundation, again, is words because there are screenwriters and often based on novels and things. And then you're kind of taking an inner world
0: yes and you're
1: suddenly making it this thing where you like invite other people into it yes. and then it takes on their own meanings for them because because like it's yes, your inner completely. world but you're like each person's imagination is going to be completely yeah. different yeah. oh my gosh no that's such a cool idea
0: and um, i think i mean i think i think as a natural intro- introvert mm. i think i just sort of naturally have a big mm. internal world. And I- exactly like you said, it's yeah. it's almost like being given the keys to the secret oh, kingdom. Ah, that's very cool. And you're sort of being like given, you know, like this guided tour, like, welcome, step mm. into my inner world. Yeah. And like, just revel in it. Mm. Just revel in the weirdness. Yeah. Which is incredible and so liberating. Mm. And I think um, specifically Pullman, I mean, he was very ostracized mm. because he has quite, well, I suppose, ideas that don't really fit into popular belief. Mm. Um, but he still never backed down. He yeah. kept writing, mm. you know, they, and he's had the, the people like me, fangirl, um, <laughs> sort of just, yeah, shouting his name from the rafters and celebrating everything that he does. Mm. The book that I'm referencing, it was actually published in 2017, which is crazy. Oh, wow, that's so recently. I I feel like it's forever ago. And I feel like yeah. Um, when this book was published, I was working within... The book industry, yes, and it was. I mean, it was Christmas. It was New Year's. It was every single exciting yeah. moment in life wrapped up into one. Because, oh my goodness, you know the first books he published were in the eighties. I think
1: it was. Yeah, no, I think it was around. Uh, wasn't it ni- 90s, early nineties? I feel that like it had been
0: early nineties. I feel
1: like when I looked at it, one of them said that it was nineteen ninety five, and I remember that like date very distinctly because i'm like that's very close to when i was born
0: (laughs) i love that this is this is my topic and jess knows more about it than i do only
1: because i was just on wikipedia
0: (laughs) okay so the new book is um and please forgive my pronunciation of this but yeah i'm english um Belle Sauvage was i don't know how else you would say that salvage i don't know anyway so it's the (laughs) yeah it's the it's the prequel to his dark material series I think um, essentially my takeaway from from being so enamored with the series was the fearlessness that Pullman mm. presented as an author. Yeah, and he, yeah, he really, he just sort of created and you know, he created something that he felt needed to be out there and he felt needed yeah. to be shared. Mm. And um, funnily enough, we can actually reference this back to um, when we had Justice McKellie on the oh, op- 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 on Orm's air. Yes, when he referenced um, creating selfishly.
1: Oh, that's very interesting. And I feel
0: like there is a maybe a tie there.
1: Yeah, I do think so because I was actually going to make that point. Is it, it does kind of his attitude towards put it, uh, when I say his, yeah. I mean, I mean Philip Pullman's yes. attitude towards putting that work out was kind of like, you know, it doesn't matter what other people are saying about it. This exactly. is a story that I think needs to exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like you're doing it, you are doing it for yourself, you
0: know. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And I think that's um, that really resonated me. With me, sorry, with me as a um as a youngster and still Mm. to this day. I mean, I still have those books, I still read them occasionally. I think um I reference back to them a lot. I think a lot of people do this with with Harry Potter, for (laughs) example. Um, but yeah, Pullman is definitely my thing. Mm. Um and I think he also he sort of opened up this this idea and this world um and made it easier for me to sort of Accept, not accept is not the right word, but mm-hmm. go on to other authors like Margaret Atwood, mm. who, I mean, I could talk for hours about because yeah. I am completely obsessed with her. Mm. She's incredible. Um, and other authors like Lady Smith, Toni Morrison, um, Naomi Shihab-Nai, who I've just gotten into, who is also an incredible she's mm. a poet. Um, but yeah, so I think right now, those are generally the authors that I'm sort of drawing inspiration from, but yeah. Pullman was definitely my... My it was beginning. like your
1: gateway he was he was yeah. my gateway
0: yeah he formed those little pathways within my mind and i think he also just showed that sharing from that perspective and that fearlessly as you mm. very nicely put yeah um can be an incredible power and i think yeah. if you have that power you need to harness it and express it
1: definitely put i definitely agree
0: do you have a second point that fits in nicely there? Or oh, I feel like we're going to be going from... Boom, 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 boom. Yeah.
1: We're going to be taking a complete left turn. Okay. We're going from literature straight into YouTube. Yes, <laughs> let's do it. So I want to talk a little bit about, and I hope I'm going to pronounce his surname correctly. I'm so sorry if I don't, Uh, but Andrew Sawicki. Okay. Is his name. Yes. Um And... Some of you guys might know him. He is the the cinematographer and edited genius behind Shane Dawson's yes. recent unparalleled YouTube documentaries such as The Mind of Jake Paul, The Truth mm-hmm. About Tanacon, and then mm-hmm. um, their very recent two-part conspiracy series. Conspiracy conspiracy theories series. Ooh, that's Ooh, a tongue twister. Say that six times quickly. <laughs> 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 um, but he, he jointly, ex- well, he recently just jointly accepted the YouTuber of the Year Award at the 2019 Shorty Awards. Oh, that's Shane. incredible. Yeah, um, very much against his will. Shane kind of dragged him up there, but they are very much a team. So yeah. Shane, there was no way Shane wasn't going to like let him come up there and get some recognition for that, which I think is super cool. That's
0: incredible, yeah, because I think it's normally the person in front of the camera that gets all of the recognition. 100%. Yeah.
1: Uh, but they are, yeah, as, uh, as I'll get into a little bit now, but they, they very much, like, you actually can't separate them mm-hmm. so much like when it even comes to the the editing and stuff they work so closely like yeah it's it's really really cool there's very very little material about him Mm -hmm. and his process on there i managed to find like one podcast about it um and there was not that much that i could get off there but he he very much is somebody who likes to use his technical and creative skills to kind of supplement the talent who is in front of the camera even though if you do watch Shane's channel, you'll often see that he does kind of feature as a cast member in the in the yeah. vlogs and things he is like very much around. Um but I thought that was very cool. Um, because it is also something that I, I do see in myself a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. Is I, I don't mind being in front of a camera. I don't mind being on a podcast and and talking. So Andrew basically has my dream job like the more that I've kind of assessed where I ultimately want to be it's definitely like from my experience working in small productions Mm -hmm. and stuff that is what I enjoy is being part of a very small team even maybe like like two or three people okay yeah um where between like the three of you that is your life is this work that you produce and it's yeah like I just want to produce like really meaningful thought-provoking long-form content that is very different to like yeah. conventional documentary genre stereotypes and the the sort of ways that they edit, but also with that same sort of quality that you would see in something like an Antil Films yeah. production he has been he has been described by a lot of other yeah. like YouTubers he is like the best the best editor right now on the platform in my opinion like i uh, and he's one of those people like and i was actually talking to you about this yesterday yeah. about there is a difference for me between between creators who are what i describe as paralyzingly inspiring yeah and people who just their work feels just so empowering yeah. to me and he is one of those people like when i watch how he he edits and the stuff that he produces i instantly want to get out there and create i want to like make my own craft better rather than feeling like oh my gosh you are like so amazing yeah. i'm never going to be able to do anything like this i might as well just give up now but i'm still in awe of you like it's a very very positive sort of empowering empowering thing so that that yeah. is andrew andrew deserves way more recognition
0: can I ask a question?
1: Sure. Okay. <laughs> what is
0: the difference between working in a small team yeah. versus a larger team? Is it more about mm. the idea like the the sort of, um, uh, I've never worked on a film mm. set or mm. behind the scenes of yeah. any sort of visual content, like video format yeah, content? sure, sure. So um, is it more that everybody has like... A is very, very sure and clear of where they're going, like what their unique or their combined goal is.
1: Um, okay, so if I think about I Your haven't had experience. very I haven't had very many experiences on set. The one that I did have, which was with a slightly bigger crew, that was for um the forty-eight hour film challenge last year. And that was also that was a like a massive amount of fun. Um, but we did I think the difference between being in a really big production mm-hmm. is you each person has a role. Yeah. Like you have one thing that you do yeah. and that is basically all that you will do on set. You are either a dit or you are the dailies colorist or yeah. you are the gaffer or you're the producer, a screenwriter, whatever. You
0: have an assigned role. Yeah, you
1: have an assigned role. And there is a very <laughs> a saying that often gets tossed around yeah. on set is it's not my department.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. So
1: it's like, uh, don't yeah. come and talk to me about the things that are not related to the only thing that I do on set. Um, okay. Whereas... I think what appeals to me about like a very small team is it's so so engrossing. Yeah, it's and it it's just you and like one or two other people, and you're all completely enmeshed in creating yeah. this thing. And I just think I think that is really cool. I could just also. I work very well in, like, environments where you can have, like, a real relationship with the other yeah, people computing. you're creating with, you know? And I think that that's why it appeals to me. Like, if I think of myself, if I was Shane's editor, yeah. I would love it, you know? that That is your life, is you you create this content and you work together yeah. and you edit. And I just think there's just something really appealing about that. I think it would be just a blast and also they just do such cool stuff so
0: but also what is yeah uh, what is better than doing your passion every single day yeah basically and creating content and work that you you, you know. believe in
1: and you're proud exactly. of yeah like they're always it's and it's been now I'm going on about Shane a little bit more but um I've been following him on YouTube for years he is one of the original yeah. YouTube content creators and
0: even I know who yeah is, even which is yeah there we go I'm he is not a he
1: is absolutely massive. And his channel, and he does talk about this in a video where he kind of introduces Andrew Mm. as his editor to to the audience. But he spoke about how he went through a very long period with his channel where he was so unhappy with the work he was putting out. He was just trying to churn out videos and he didn't believe in any of it. He was utterly miserable. And then having just, just one person, just Andrew, come into his team, it completely revitalized the entire channel, changed his life, and he was suddenly starting to create... He turned his channel around. His channel was dying. He said he was doing all the things that he should have been doing to get the views, and it was just still plummeting. But the moment Andrew came on board and they started actually... Like, doing work that they believe in. Yeah. Whether that is going onto a ghost ship at 3 a.m. and hunting for stuff. or what? Or trying to help other YouTubers revitalize their channels. Or doing, like, these insane documentaries on these super controversial people. Like, mm-hmm. Tana Mojo and Jake Paul and yeah. whatever. it's It's completely, it's changed his channel, his creative process. And it's changing YouTube and the stuff, the sort of content that we're seeing on there. It's... Completely, like a completely fresh take. I've never seen anything like it
0: before. But that's so interesting because I think for a lot of, um I don't want to say older generation, but mm. I feel like I always refer to the older generation. <laughs> but um you know what I mean. YouTube is still new media. It's still very new. So. It's still a very like scary space. Yeah. So to see somebody who's taking that like new space and mm. flipping it completely incredible. Yeah.
1: No. And it, they are really they're doing stuff that is so much more interesting than a lot of stuff that yeah. we see on TV like it is it has gotten very stuffy and this was just a format that like it's a vlog but it's also not a vlog and it's highly produced but it's also shot on like a canon dslr yeah but like it's still just yeah it's no really really amazing content i just yeah i could go on about them forever they're so fantastic
0: (laughs) This is Orms Air and I'm your host Rachel Reeves. Don't forget that subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite listening app is the quickest and easiest way to give us a long distance high five and so let us know that you enjoy hanging out in our creative space
1: okay, I feel like I've spoken about them for long enough, so you should tell us about <coughs> your next your next inspiration bank thing
0: okay, so my next inspiration bank or my next um, space in which I draw inspiration from um, this is a little bit of a difficult one for me yeah because um, it's you know earlier you mentioned people who inspire you but who are so beyond creative and beyond talented that it's yeah. it's almost intimidating yeah okay so the people that I'm gonna speak about now this is about music mm. because I draw a lot of inspiration from music yeah um, and as we said earlier, There's something so, like, that runs so parallel between visuals and, I suppose, written and Mm. also with the feeling and emotion that just a song played at the right time and the right space can evoke in every single person. Um, Okay, so I'm going to stop beating around the bush and Mm. I'm just going to talk about this. Again, I'll I'll just revert back to childhood. I grew up in a house where one of my parents was very musically sort of inclined. So um, music has always played a very, very big part in essentially every single day of my life. Like Mm. every um, action had a musical accompaniment. I mean, I was one of those weird kids that sort of, when we were on road trips, I would, or we were going away for holiday, I would sit in the back of the car and I would stare out the window and sort of add my own soundtrack to my Mm. life. And I still kind of do that to this day, but it's a little bit less weird, I feel, because I have actual headphones on my head and, you know, a Spotify playlist or an Apple playlist to guide me along the way. Um, okay, so this is always where I refer back to you when I'm in a space where I feel like I can't write or I can't, you know, conceptualize ideas and music. It helps every time. Yeah. So the first artist that I wanted to talk about is Frank Ocean. Oh my goodness. The legend, the king. Okay, so Frank Ocean is definitely one of my top musical inspirations. Currently, um, he is essentially my go-to music, yeah, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, he is an R&B, pop, hip hop, and avant-garde musician.
1: Oh, I love that! Is, is that his genre? Yes, avant-garde. Apparently, oh my god! But I
0: think I think it's also very much along the lines of how do you define Frank Ocean?
1: That is so true. I was literally yeah in preparation for this. I was watching a video essay about him and his work. I even watched an interview with a guy who produces a lot of his yeah. stuff and he combines so many genres. It's honestly, it's its, it's, its own thing. It is. It really yeah. is.
0: And there's like, there's these so many um little spaces where you can, you can hear things and you can see what they've sampled and you can,
1: yeah.
0: um I don't know, like, I feel like the layers and the levels and the, um you know, the meaning mm-hmm. that is implied into every single part of, his music is just, it's breathtaking. It's, yeah. I mean, essentially it's, it's, it's everything. It's, it's like create, it's like, it's like, m- it's like a movie in music format, you know, yeah. like there are so many parts that we just overlook and don't see and don't actually pay attention to. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll reference, we'll, we'll sort of talk about something that maybe is enabling us to do mm. that in a bit. Um, but yeah, so Frank Ocean, uh, singer, songwriter, rapper record producer and also a photographer oh really yeah he did not know that yeah so he um I do not remember which album it was Uh, I think it was Nostalgia Ultra so his first album yeah he released a magazine called called Boys Don't Cry that went along with it oh
1: my god beautiful
0: stuff it had the works of like um incredible photographers the, I think his name is Wolfgang Wolfgang Tillman. Okay. His work was featured in it, mm. but also Frank's work. Um yeah, and actually if you want to see a sample of Frank Ocean's photographic work, you can I'll link um the Orms Connect blog that we did on his the photographs he took at the Met Gala this year.
1: Oh my goodness. Beautiful stuff.
0: He's he really has an eye. So not only does the man make incredibly be- breathtaking music, he also photographs and produces and writes his own music you know yeah one stop Just one all around people. but you see why i refer yeah. to him as king no but Anyways. honestly
1: i i think with him it's like he's and i will talk about a person later who is kind of like my frank ocean yeah not that frank ocean isn't also my frank ocean but <laughs> <laughs> um he's one of those people who you can't even he's not like a musician he's yeah. an artist
0: yes but this yeah. is exactly it. Yeah. And I think that also, funnily enough, that also ties into what you were saying about working within a big team and working within a small team. Yes. It's like people who wear many hats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Also that all-encompassing passion for what you're doing, for the craft that you're, you know, working towards creating and that message. Um, So, yeah, so for me, Frank Ocean is just very much like if I'm sitting in front of my computer and I'm looking at a blank page, the dreaded blank page. Yes. Where do I start? What do I write? You know, where where am I going with whatever I'm creating? And putting on any any of Frank Ocean's music yeah. completely solves that problem for me. Oh wow! He the way there's the complexity of his lyrics and the complexity of the the sampling and the music mixes and the producing of his songs is just it's it's all encompassing. Like you yeah. can't think about anything else. And I think for me that very help very much helps me get out of my headspace mm. and it makes me focus. Yeah. And it it's yeah, there's like a little a little fiery inspiration, you know. Mm. Not that I need to be as good as Frank Ocean or anywhere near that in what I'm doing, but I mm. think it also it gives you something to maybe aspire to be like or yeah. sort of aim towards, you mm. know? Mm. I think it's yeah, it's just the the emotional openness.
1: Yeah. I think something I love about his -hmm. music is that it's perfect for if you you want to be incredibly, like, you want to really think about something, really think about subject matter, or you, like, really want to go on a journey, just, like, take me away, carry me off to the wonderful land that there's this album and this whole story. But it's also great to just listen to no completely like and um, every time
0: you listen it's, it's a new it's a new discovery it's
1: always it's always a bop but it's also always like so meaningful
0: yeah it's yeah just so multi-layered um yeah so if we <laughs> yeah there's an honesty a level of honesty which yeah. i feel like i um yeah when i'm trying to create i think i need yeah i need a depth mm. i need a depth to refer back to mm. Um, and so Frank Ocean is definitely my go-to, and I think there's another artist that I, I definitely refer back to, um, Moses Sumney. Oh. He is I sp- he's classified as electro soul and folk music. That's very is, interesting. Yeah, it's quite an interesting combination, yeah. but just beautiful. His voice is incredible. Yeah. He literally gives me goosebumps.
1: He is, like, okay, so I, I hadn't heard him until yeah. today. And then I, I listened to a couple of tracks of the, his, like, Essentials playlist yeah, on yeah. Spotify. Um, and he honestly, it, it that, that's why I was saying it's, like, interesting that they classify him as that genre. Mm. Because I honestly could not put my finger no. on what it is. But no. his, his vocal control from a technical standpoint, oh, my gosh. It's his incredible, breath right? control is amazing. And he's got one of the most beautiful falsettos mm. i ever heard
0: mm-hmm. it's absolutely stunning yeah no it is it i yeah it, it just transports you really yeah it's sort of Picks you up and cradles you a little bit. and makes you feel like everything's okay. Yeah. Which I really, I really enjoy. It's um,
1: very soothing. And then it's so interesting yeah. that, like, you sent me the, the music video for Quarrel. Yeah. And it's so interesting that it's, like, though that, like, very soothing sort of music, but, like, paired with the most, like...
0: Intense, intense visuals. Intense
1: visuals. Although, I must say, that music video is so beautiful. It made me angry that I didn't shoot it. Uh, I mean, it's, like, one of those things where I was like, oh, my gosh, how does something this stunning even exist?
0: And essentially, every... I don't want to say every video of his is that good or every music yeah. video of his songs is that good, but they really are. Oh, wow. His visuals are so strong. And I think that also reflects again on what we were saying earlier, that yeah. that marriage between music and visual or yeah. written content or whatever it may be, it's such a happy marriage. And as soon as you can sort of portray something in another form, it just strengthens your original message.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean
0: quarrel for example yeah that, yeah that. I, i'll I'll link it in the show notes but you i think everyone needs to go and check it out and definitely just moses Sumney in general
1: yeah and I if you've never heard agree. of frank ocean oh my gosh like
0: who <laughs> please uh, please uh, do that now
1: yeah yeah frank frank ocean is uh yeah he is actually i actually don't know if i have words because Nourishing. yeah he is and oh no but see i don't want to start talking about him because then i'm gonna i'm gonna completely like <laughs> give away the points that i had for another another thing i know that you're you're gonna talk yeah. about but his work is like poetry
0: yeah it really is, it is.
1: it's so it's just like the meanings within his mm-hmm. i didn't even realize it but like there's there's so many meanings behind every and this Everything. is something i appreciate when yeah. i write is every word has a specific meaning and then there's more underneath it. It's, uh, and his, yeah, just his choice of words is just outstanding.
0: No, it is. And I think it's, I think it's also, um, I feel like we're going to refer back to justice a lot in this episode. Yeah. But um, it's also something that I was having a conversation about earlier with um, the meaning of one of his songs, um, Frank Ocean's, not Justice's songs, (laughs) but um, where he, he references one thing and like you were saying, the level of meaning can go. Yeah. It can be split into four, five, six different ways. Yeah. But then the question becomes: Is that his intention with his songs, or is or that just is how we're taking it? I exactly. Is he writing this this music, and yes, he's getting a part of his sort of emotional baggage, or yeah. he's expressing a specific thing, but. Is the intention with his music to make us feel a specific thing? Or is mm. he just creating and putting it out there and we're just like, I don't
1: know. Like is it a self, uh, is it a is it a selfish creation that we're just attaching to our own yeah. our own meanings to it? Or but I mean I think that is like the thing with and it I think it may even be something that Justice said as well. But mm-hmm. when you put work out there, creative work, it's not your own anymore. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because other people will take it and have their own yeah. meanings, their own reactions to it.
0: I think the, the point of the matter with that was that you shouldn't Im, you know, you shouldn't apply or you shouldn't mm. think about what other people are gonna perceive or take away from your work. Yeah, you just you have can't. to create. Yeah,
1: you can't control that. Yeah, you get it out. Yeah. Fashion. Now I just I now I just wanna go home and listen to his album. Yeah. No, completely. <laughs> By his album I mean Channel Orange, it's my favorite.
0: Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. one. His visual album. Uh, he has a visual album. Oh, that's it's not released. It's not on any streaming sites. I think what? it might be on Apple. Oh
1: my goodness! But I could be
0: wrong. But okay. yeah, YouTube it. I'll link it in the visual show notes. Album. I, I love it's called, visual
1: albums. I was literally oh my gosh! I'm going to completely sidetracked, but yeah. I, I kicked myself that I didn't include this in my original list of things. But the National has a visual album.
0: I Ooh. Okay.
1: Um, but they um so it's for their album called I'm easy to find yeah. and it's directed by, I think it's Mike Mills, Mike Mills, Matt Mills, Mike Mills. Yeah. Um, who people might know from, I think 20th century women, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. He, he had an Oscar nominated screenplay or something at one point, but it's, it stars Alessia Vikander and she plays like in, within like a span of half an hour, the yeah. story of one woman's life. There's like no real dialogue or anything, but she plays this person from like infancy to the day she dies. Oh wow! It is mm-hmm. the most outstanding performance I've ever seen. I'm such a fan of hers, but it's also just a beautiful visual album, like yeah. with their their music and it's black and white. It's oh my gosh, it's magical. I like visual albums. That's sure. that was the point of that. <laughs> I
0: fact checked. I fact checked my earlier statement. Yes, um, his visual album is called Endless, mm-hmm. and it. I mean, it essentially is just him building a staircase. Oh my That's goodness. The, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the I'm going to go and look at that. The meaning behind it was very much to yeah. fulfill an album debt that he owed to his previous record company. Oh my goodness. Which he wanted to get out of. So he created Endless and it's incredible. Yeah, no, listen to I'm it from beginning to end as albums should be listened to because they are stories. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, oh,
1: I'm going to get into a completely different point. Now I'm going to like jump ahead <laughs> and go to my last point. But yes, albums yes. are meant to be stories. They are, They yeah. are meant to be stories. They're meant to be stories and concepts and they aren't yes. always, but they should be. And the best of them be, yes. are, yes.
0: And I think, can I just also, yes. this goes back to to um records being produced on vinyl. Oh, really? You couldn't, I mean, well, I think... You can't skip a you can skip a vinyl, but you know but what I mean. You have no it's idea where you're
1: going to land up. I assume well, you if you can, try to skip a vinyl, you can
0: figure it out by the grooves. Oh, okay, there are so different I've grooves. I've never looked at a vinyl, but um, there's something. Uh, but I think that's also like it's yeah. something about like going back to the old. You know, the to analog. discover. Yeah, it is the analog. Yeah, um, it's. It's that that idea that, again, albums are, it's a story. You're meant to listen to it from beginning to end in the order that the artist intended it, in the order that the artist put it out. Because that is how you hear the story.
1: That's so true. That's very much like how I feel about aspect ratios in films and screen sizes, but I'm not going to start ranting about that. That is a whole other episode in itself. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to bring it back to YouTube because... I mean to be fair, this is where I spend most of my time. It is what I yeah. do. So I, I have an excuse for being on YouTube constantly. But I wanna talk <laughs> about Cody Co. Yeah. Cody Co. <laughs> Cody Co. Um who is a comedian and a podcaster, among many other things? That's the simplest way I can try yeah. and describe what he does. Um, you might know him from the fact that he recently became a, a household name in the th- those who are involved in like the content creator commentary side of YouTube. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Jake Paul who I was talking about oh, earlier. Yes, that's
0: interesting. Yeah,
1: um in a very roundabout way, Jake decided he was going to try and tackle cyberbullying, become okay. the, the poster boy for anti anti cyberbullying. Yeah. And decided that Cody was a cyberbully and decided to kind of confront him in the middle of an interview where he was having his oh. hair cut. Yeah. It's just the most bizarre thing, so that's how yeah. that's how I discovered Cody was through all of this and I was like okay who is the cyberbully let me check and he's not a not a cyberbully disclaimer he he makes commentary videos and Jake took personal offense to him making fun of one of his brothers videos mm. um
0: which it makes sense now
1: yeah. yeah um so so that's that's kind of the connection um but Forbes actually just named him the most interesting YouTuber in the world
0: oh wow that's incredible
1: yeah no it is and I I hadn't thought of it until I saw the article, but then I was like, that is actually so true. And I'm going to get into why in a second. Um, But he he also has a podcast called the TMG Podcast, uh, which he started with his best friend in October 2017 after his best friend got retrenched. And it is now the I think it's it won best podcast at the 2019 streamies, which is amazing uh, because it's just two best friends chatting to each other about stuff that they're watching and things that happen to them and it's it is absolutely hilarious but it's it's now like become the 24th largest podcast or no i think it might even be bigger than that i think it's like the 24th largest patreon account on the entire site it's absolutely insane and yeah so i i'm a massive fan of that podcast i listen to it religiously
0: (laughs) we will link it in the show notes, and we'll link
1: it in the show notes um I think he he spoke a lot in his interview with Forbes mm. particularly and then there's also a really great interview with him on the Build series YouTube channel. Yeah. 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 Um, but he spoke a lot about like his like his childhood childhood inspirations and like how important his parents were. Oh, and in fact, yeah. you know what? I'm not referencing back to Justice. I'm referencing back to Katja.
0: Oh. Because okay. she
1: spoke about how important it was it, in her art form that her parents yeah. supported her. Yeah. And his parents were very much like that, which is very, I think, maybe goes against the stereotype we have when someone who is already in a massively successful career path says to their parents, "You know what? I'm quitting everything and I'm pursuing something creative." Yeah. Generally, parents are like, "Oh my gosh, what are you doing?" But they were yeah. so supportive. Um and I just I think that's that's really interesting. Um but he <laughs> he describes his parents as crazy. <laughs> no, so his his dad apparently broke the world record for the longest distance traveled in 24 hours by human power. It's how, is, I don't is even human know what. Power? I don't know. That could be maybe cycling, maybe running. I don't know. Like anything that's powered by a person. I guess it's very
0: interesting, though.
1: Yeah. So they, so they now like both run, his, both his parents like run ultra marathons and stuff. And he said that seeing them push themselves physically yeah. to like the utmost degree to like master something has yeah. like it's just like. He's just like absorbed that as a principle and he's now always looking for like the next thing that he can like dissect, figure out yeah. how it works and then like do it to the best degree that he can possibly do it, which I think speaks a lot to why he's like become so successful yeah. as like a podcaster, as a, as a commentary YouTuber, as as a member of a parody hip hop group as oh well. Gosh. I know. <laughs> Anything comedy related. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying earlier about his parents being so so supportive. So yeah. he w- he had a very, very lucrative job as a software engineer.
0: Okay, yeah. Which I is imagine. kind of
1: like you're at that point, you, you're in that. You're made yeah. for life. That is yeah. where everything is going these days. Um, and Justice made a point about not quitting your day job. Yes. And yes. just going and pursuing your creative passions. Bending
0: your principles. Bending
1: your principles. And Cody did do that. It was actually... I didn't even realize it until I, I, I like sat in, obviously, on the interview with Justice. And yeah. then I went and did all this research. But it's actually so cool to see somebody else following that. Yeah. You know, maybe not doing stuff that they, like, really wanted to at that point. But yeah. then outside of that, they still had, like, the dedication to, like, commit to their creative craft. And, I mean... Like look at look at where he's got. I mean, the guy's got like a degree from Duke University. That's Just crazy. I know. And then, um, I think he originally kind of his initial claim to fame, like <laughs> he developed an app that went viral, um, which I mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of at the time. But it's called I'd Cap That. It was like a meme generation app. I'd so you that. yeah, <laughs> you put a photo of like your face in, it and it automatically generates yeah. a caption based on your face and some weird yeah. algorithm that he developed. it's yeah, and then he sold the app, and then he went to work on full-time for the company that he sold it to as, like, yeah. a programmer. Um, and then he got into Vine and YouTube and led a podcasting, all while he was still working. Like, he built a whole YouTube channel, his own podcast before, like, the TMG podcast. Yeah. And he was, like, this, like, Vine superstar. And then he only quits his job once yeah. all of the other creative things were, like, supporting him. I just... I just think that's so great because no, um as I said to to Justice, like off off microphone, off camera, off microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's just it's just very it's very inspiring to hear somebody else yeah talk about that because yeah. we, we do buy into the starving artist yeah, aesthetic because on. all starving artists as Hollywood like to portray them, you know, still wear like the best clothes and they're yeah. like in some trendy New York loft, you know. But Paint also, stuff strewn everywhere.
0: Yeah. Nope. That's not what it's like. But also, the starving artists create the best art. Oh. I think that's the thing that I buy into oh, the worst. Yeah, that's true. You have so to, true. you know, you have to be in that position where you're to just like,
1: ah, like, oh. to be driven. Yes,
0: completely. Whereas
1: he has the exact opposite perspective. It's like, within with, um, because of the comfort yeah. of the fact that yeah. you have the job, you have that support yeah you then are enabled yes exactly instead of being hindered oh
0: my gosh oh wow i'm making all the connections (laughs) look at all these creative worm brain is just
1: really like firing at 10 miles an hour right now
0: it's so funny though because um so my partner and i just uh, have recently adopted a puppy (laughs) (laughs) and um at puppy school that's one of the things that they say to us is set them up for success not failure and it's such a but it's such a simple thing and it actually if you think about it it really it you can apply that to so many parts of your own life 100% yeah so I mean I think it's I'm sorry I completely um
1: lessons from puppy school
0: jumped on your point there yeah (laughs) essentially and I think that's But that's also something that we discuss in the office a lot. And since we've been recording the podcast together, I think we have more discussions about is when you open your mind up to that. Definitely. You receive all of this information. 100%.
1: Um,
0: I realized that kind of overlapped my sort of like, why
1: do I want to talk about Cody point (laughs) with my why does Cody inspire me point? But so I think the main thing about him that inspires me, other than his whole sort of initial start into getting into a creative field, is kind of like his roundabout sort of path to like finding his purpose or vocation. Yeah. Um, because it reminds me a lot of my own sort Mm. of route that I've taken. Um, like it it's a good it's a good for me to see him and remind myself that there is always still time. Yes, completely. Is the main thing because I often find myself feeling like this really, really massive pressure to be much more successful at a younger age. Um, Because I'm constantly encountering people who are much younger than me, who already appear to have made it. Like they've got everything sorted. They're already in the, like at the, the, what looks like the peak of their career, you know, um, but creators like Cody remind me that everyone's journey is unique
0: completely,
1: completely yeah and it's fine it feels has a different a different pace and looks different to other yeah. people and I think that's just like really important for me because I do sometimes feel like I'm on a back foot yeah because I only figured out like kind of in 2017 that maybe I want to be involved in video and then I only studied last year so I feel like I'm only like in the field I'm supposed to be in now at, like, 24. But at the same time, I do also think it's a complete fallacy that people should have everything figured out by the time they get out of varsity at 22 or whatever. Yeah, it really
0: is. Yeah. Because I think think essentially you spend your entire life figuring it out. Yeah. That's not to say that you don't find what you want to do, but I think... that is what your life is for. Yeah, exactly. Just to figure it out.
1: I think it's just like the internet and the fact that yeah. we see now these thirteen-year-old kids who, oh, I lip sync things on an app called Musically or something, <laughs> oh, and now gosh. I have record deals because yeah. because I can lip sync means I can sing. Yeah, you know, and that's it's a
0: it's a very strange world that we live in at the moment. Yeah, I think, it, and I suppose that's also a lot of people's um sort of bad thing about instagram and yeah. how connected we all are is because you see that constantly and it's constantly it's like terrible telling you that you're not enough
1: yeah exactly
0: but i think if we okay let's reference back to Katcha again yes if we use the the tools that we are given in like more of a sort of nourishing nurturing way and we seek out those connections then yes it's, you know.
1: Referring to her internet friends series, yes. yes. But also
0: so referring to the way that she... Um,
1: <laughs> oh, even made the film, I yes, guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. She
0: reached out, she used her social media in a way that was very nourishing and very yeah. nurturing.
1: It's all about the intention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we always come a full always. circle
0: around to intention.
1: <laughs> it should just be merch for the podcast yeah. at this point. It's just intention with a full intention. stop on a t-shirt. There we go. Coming soon <laughs> to Orm's Air. <laughs> Coming
0: March. soon to an
1: Orm's store near. Buy that merch. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, now that I've, I've, I've rambled about Cody for a good however minute minutes. Mm. Good however many minutes. Many minutes. Many minutes. Would Would you like to share your next thing?
0: Oh, I'm so excited about this one. Okay, so um, obviously as... Is it weird? Okay, no, it is not weird. As a podcaster. Yes obviously drawing inspiration from other podcasts and there are so many so 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 many that i listen to and absolutely love but currently the one that i am completely obsessed with is a podcast called dissect mm. and dissect basically what dissect is is um it it's essentially like a a look behind the curtain of an album. Yeah. So what happens in each episode, it's essentially a long form music discussion format, which has been cut down into like digestible chunks. I think they're about 20 to 30 minutes long.
1: Roughly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and it basically unpacks the anatomy of an album. Mm. It sounds a little bit sort of um, maybe esoteric, but it's incredibly interesting. So there are a few seasons of Dissect available Um, The first season starts with uh, dissecting Kendrick Lamar's album. And I'm not actually 100% sure which album it is. I will need to go back and check that. Yeah. Um, But I will definitely link that in the show notes. And then it sort of goes on to speaking about Kanye West. It goes on to Frank Ocean, who Mm -hmm. Jess and I have both spoken about (laughs) a lot before. Um, And it's the latest season is all about Tyler, the creator. So... um, Essentially, what the what the podcast does is it goes through each al- each song, on a specific album of this artist, Yeah. and it unpacks, as it says, it dissects, it dissects the layers and layers and layers of meaning and work that have gone into creating the album as we experience it. Yeah, um, and I just, I really. I find it so um, inspiring. I really do. Yeah. To see, I think also from the la- from the perspective of just seeing, again, the sheer amount of work and effort and thought and time that has gone into creating it's something that I think a lot of us possibly take for granted.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Like I I look at it from, so I listened to a few episodes of it today yeah. and it's, it really is, I think it must be so much work. Like even at one mm. point he was like playing like notes on oh, piano. Yeah, yeah on he like, shows you
0: how, yeah. how Frank, was it the Frank Ocean yeah, episode?
1: Yeah, it was the one on Pyramid.
0: How they do the intro. Um, it's it incredible. Is,
1: no, it's actually the amount of work as yeah. someone who edits to do that, put that much, it's, it's mind blowing. It really is.
0: But I mean, I think that also that also and this is this is a conversation I have a lot with my friends um, where we we talk about music to this level, you know, where you're you're sort of theorizing and you're obsessing and you're investigating and you're trying to see what um, you're trying to figure out what the artist is trying to say. Yeah. And I think that um, that want to know more. Yeah. Like that is a space in which you know that you've created something. That's just incredible.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think I mean dissect does that for me. It sort of it inspires me to um, to push more, to push more within my own work. Yeah, and also to create um, to create something that's worth dissecting. I suppose. Oh, oh, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: drop mic, drop. drop I
1: mics. it reminded me so much. Of mm. of two things actually, when I was listening to it, but it, the way yeah. that he breaks down music, mm. and I don't know why, I, I it had never crossed my mind that this could be a thing, but it reminds me of when in matric I would dissect poetry for English English literature.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, it's
1: literally yes. it's exactly the same okay. thing.
0: Yeah, and it's no. it's,
1: it's basically like. Like a video essay, but in audio format. Yeah, completely. Yeah, on cinema, it's it, it's exactly the same, and it is it is really really wonderful to listen yeah. to. Also, they've got such a great theme song. I know. Oh right? my <laughs> goodness. Oh my word! It's so catchy.
0: They also did a. I'm just thinking about it. All. I think there's there's also a um, what is it called? Oh, bonus episodes about Lauren Hill. Yes, which is also fascinating to listen to mm.
1: um,
0: but yeah we'll link dissect in the show notes and I really recommend that anybody who has an interest in music or s- simply creativity yeah. in general really goes and dives into that maybe start with an artist that you you yeah. connect with but really just get into it it's incredible yeah, I'm and gonna, as, gonna yeah, second that as <laughs> just said the amount of work that goes into just creating these episodes you can tell that there's a lot of love behind it, and I think that yeah, um, it's very inspiring.
1: Hundred percent. No, it's it's very much worth listening to. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and listen to more, but I've subscribed to it. Yay! Yeah, everyone sold me. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? Am I finishing up? Yes. You know this thing. Oh wow! You're the you're the last voice. I am the last voice, and by the end of this, people are gonna wish that I wasn't because I am gonna I'm gonna go off about. <laughs> this my my final my final inspiration person
0: who is it's witches. logic yeah it's logic it's
1: logic rap and hip-hop generally mm-hmm. not my go-to genre mm-hmm. just because i don't connect with the themes that we most commonly see in mainstream, mainstream rap i'm yeah. not about that like girls, money, drugs—I yeah. can't relate to it. um so If I if I am listening to rap, it's generally <laughs> generally been like the old school things, like Fort Minor's album, that sort of stuff. I
0: love Fort Minor. I love Fort, Are Fort, Fort Minor, Minor. Considered old school.
1: Um, I want to say yeah, in, okay. and maybe not within the rap genre, but I think of it in terms of like when that album came out. Mm. It's very and it's very different. Yeah, like other stuff. I what do I refer to it normally? I refer to it as socially conscious rap.
0: Oh, that that's a really it's actually, really good yeah, description. They, yeah,
1: because they do they do speak about social issues. Yeah, which, which until I discovered Logic was something that I and and obviously Kendrick, um, other a couple of other artists like that. But it, yeah. was, it was something that I'd never encountered before. Um, and not since, but yeah, so like I said, I very recently discovered Logic and by recently, I mean like within the last two months, the first time I oh, heard wow. his music was when I was getting my first tattoo done and my sister put on one of his songs in the tattoo parlor and uh, that was it for me. I went and I looked for, uh, for more of it and I became wildly obsessed (laughs) (laughs) the only way I can describe it okay but for those who don't know Logic is a hip-hop music artist um most people know him from his Grammy nominated single 1-800 which focuses on suicide prevention um very very famous song um but for those who aren't uh super super familiar with his work outside of that that Mm -hmm. song and maybe that album particularly because that is his biggest claim to fame is that album everybody yeah but he his work is actually divided into several concept albums that kind of function as vehicles for storytelling but also like as self-portraits of himself Mm -hmm. at different stages of his life and career yeah which is just absolutely amazing like his his debut studio album under pressure focuses on um his extremely difficult childhood and its its influence on him as like an emerging artist in like 2014 which is incredible yeah. no it's it's absolutely amazing whereas everybody the one that i previously mentioned yeah. is it's highly like socio-political and like tucker's issues like racism suicide you know uh anxiety as
0: well um, so experience uh, basically it, it thinks that he would be experiencing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: very much so. Um, but what's cool about it is it's kind of like within the format of a story that is partially voice acted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I know. It's like it. I don't want to like spoil it too much for anyone who is going to go and listen to it. But like, you open with this like first just incredible soaring song, and it like takes you then down like to street level about this guy who like gets hit by a car. Oh wow! And he goes to like this waiting place yeah. and there's, then there's Neil deGrasse Tyson is just there and they, oh it's now the, the interludes in between the songs of yeah. them like having this conversation about like humanity and what it means to be an individual, what yeah. it also means to be part of like this collective group of people. It's just, yo, it's such a good album. Um, and then his latest album Confessions of a Dangerous Mind largely deals with social media.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, very
1: interesting. So you can kind of see like it's gone on this sort of like massive kind of journey. Um, And then in between those, and I have to mention this because I feel like this album doesn't get spoken about enough. But there's this album he has, (laughs) which is like this, it's like an absolute masterpiece. It's called The Incredible True Story. Which sets like all of his songs within the context of two guys in twenty sixty-five traveling from a space station called Babel yeah. to find this new planet for like the remaining remnants of humanity to inhabit. And they're like listening to his album as they're like traveling and talking about it. It's so meta. Yeah. And no. I just the nerd in me, the sci-fi nerd, loves it. <laughs> I just oh, I can't, I can't deal. Uh, But people might not also know that he has a YouTube channel. He is a YouTuber as well. I love that. I love that all
0: of your... Well, not all of your, but most of your points.
1: YouTube related. Yeah. yeah. That's where I spend all my time. I'm not about that Instagram life, not about Twitter. Yeah. All of that. that If I am looking for stuff, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Which I guess feeds into what I do. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. it does. I mean, he's just like... Logic is one of those people who I'm like, you are too cool to actually be a real person. Yeah, Like... And you know he's he's got what I refer to as serious YouTube street cred because he's like he's like a mainstream celebrity, but he has a YouTube channel. But he also like will take the time to like appear on productions like the H3 podcast or hot ones, like Incredible. before it was cool yeah. for celebrities because hot ones is now cool for celebrities to go on. We've had Halle Berry and Kristen Bell and all of these people. But Logic was on there like I'm just gonna say like two years ago before this was a thing. It Logic was, was doing it way before it Way was before cool. everyone. He was the OG. The, the hot OG <laughs> <laughs> The hot, hot, The Hot Ones OG. <laughs> I almost called it hot sauce. The Hot Ones OG oh my gosh um okay so that's a little bit about about who Logic is just yeah. a little lo- just a little bit just, I mean just uh, just part of a biography oh my goodness no. um so why does Logic inspire me so like off the bat he's obviously a musician mm-hmm. but there is something inherently cinematic mm-hmm. about his music and I don't mean that as like a description of its genre yeah. at all it's definitely not that but like his music has this this like completely unparalleled sense of time and location that I haven't I haven't discovered that in anything else that I've listened to where you are there it's like you're in a snapshot of his life that he's describing and you are actually there like when he's talking about the stuff that went on in his household you are there in that kitchen where all the drugs are and the police are busting through the door and you're like, it's, it's so, it is so insanely immersive. Yeah. And I can't put my finger on why I think it's probably a combination of just his lyricism and the production of it, but it is, it is what it is. But that like makes me want to like write and it makes me want to get off my butt and go and film something because his music is so cinematic and I want to create something cinematic. Um, I also find like his openness about his creative process very inspiring because there's like every year he does like this series of interviews and when I say interviews there are like multiple episodes of him like for 30 minutes at a time just like talking in depth about his album and everything it's amazing and you don't often get that yeah you know like either you have people like the Daily Beloved Frank Ocean, who are so super private and I yeah. love and respect that so much. Or you've got people who just are like they're celebrities and they are musicians, but they don't talk about their work so much, or they talk about it in such a general sense, whereas he like will go in and he'll like break stuff down. Which is to the most smallest incredible. degree. It's absolutely amazing to have access to that. Yeah, but that's exactly yeah. it, The
0: access. Yeah,
1: it is it's it like makes you feel involved. Yeah, you know? Like you're part of this little
0: secret, well, not even secret, but this yeah, club.
1: Exactly you know um and it like that that sort of thing like it really it makes me re-examine how I produce my own content like when I hear how he works and it kind of like exhorts me to like always assess and like ask myself am I doing everything to the degree that I can be doing it which it's good I think to be reminded of that on a continuous basis uh, and kind of tying into that, he's also got the most unbelievable work ethic. And I think recently, like in the last few years, he's kind of balanced out a little bit more, as we've seen with people who often yeah. like go really hard at stuff like Casey Neistat, yeah. etc. You know, they do eventually realize you have to have a bit of a... You have to have a work-life balance. Have to have a little bit of a work-life balance. But it does also kind of tie again into Justice's episode where he spoke about the power of obsession. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um and how that can be harnessed to take your craft to, like, another level. That will be your leg up above everybody else. And if I do think about, like, I mean, 2014 was not that long ago. And for him to, it really wasn't. Like, for him to have achieved so much, like, uh, as uh, growing within his own skill set, but also, uh, like, commercial success. There was an interview that he did with Apple Music, I think, but he spoke about, it was a line that I remembered distinctly from it. And he said, I, I sacrificed my 20s mm. to do this. And he's now, but it was within like this fun context of he's now like 28, 29. He's like experiencing things that people at like 22 would have yeah. done for the first time. Like yeah. he's like, I can go to a pub and have a drink with my friends now because I actually make time to do that. Yeah. And this was not something I did at all through like the earlier stages of my life because I was so focused on my music. Yeah, um, which I think is very interesting because often the it's associations the we have, yeah, it's like you're a young music artist, mm-hmm. you're out there, you know, partying it up and whatever, yeah. being involved in that side of it. Whereas he was just all about the work
0: and which the craft. Incredible! It I is mean, amazing. I, and I, uh, yeah, completely that the justice reference. Yeah, yeah, very yeah.
1: much power of obsession. Yeah. Another thing I find inspiring about him is he kind of. For the first, it was the first time where it really like clicked with me that as a creative, you don't just have to be one thing. Mm, yeah, because he very much he is, uh, as we were talking about before with Frank. Yeah, uh, again, he is. He's an artist. He's not yeah. just a musician. People might not know um, that he's actually an author.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: as well. I've ordered his book of lute. He wrote a book called Supermarket, which is actually based off his personal experiences with anxiety but he's yeah. gone and turned it into this thriller and it's all set in a supermarket hence the name the book is called supermarket um he also wrote a film that he's going to star in incredible. that jj abrams is making it's absolutely absolutely yeah. insane and then obviously he also like has his own youtube channel and is a content creator and It's just, like, for me, I've always told myself that I could only be one thing. Yeah,
0: you have to focus all your things on one thing. You know,
1: you can only be a videographer. You can only be a writer. You can only be whatever. But seeing somebody multi-talented like that explore, like, all the facets of their creativity, I find really empowering. Because it makes me think, okay, maybe I can do that as well. Yeah, completely. Without sacrificing
0: any one of the yeah, other things. Yeah, any one you of the other do. things. Like
1: they're all gonna feed into each other in yeah. some
0: way, you know? But I think maybe that is the secret. Yeah. Is to find the way in which they feed.
1: Yeah, very much. Yeah. Which I think for him kind of is maybe personal experience, I yeah. think, in sharing. Like, because that is what his music is, that is what comes through in the book. And then we haven't I haven't seen or, and there's very little out about the movie but it's apparently going to be a bit of a comedy because he's really good. He's like he's quite funny. So he's like making people laugh through his personality and personal experiences. I don't know, very excited That's to see what happens with cute. that. The main thing with him is like what he's doing for mental health. Mm. I think is incredibly inspiring. Like I don't know of many artists especially within that genre of yeah. music, hip hop um who before it became like a cool or acceptable thing to do talking about mental health you know I don't know of many people who were like not only trying to raise awareness for it but like speaking so candidly about their own struggles and even like incorporating it into their art form which he's done like he basically made an entire album about his anxiety and just, stuff and I think okay. that is it's amazing you know so it just like that encourages me to like be more frank with myself within my own mm. creative process and with other people um because we I think we have been conditioned as a society to just constantly tell people that we're fine oh no completely yeah let breaks the stigma yeah exactly and he has done so much for that yeah. you know hence the fact that that song of his is a grammy nominated song so that is that is everything that I have to say about well it's not everything that I have to say about logic but that is that is what I will limit it to in this episode I will just carry on having long in-depth conversations with my younger brother about it in, in the kitchen <laughs> while well, while while blasting his
0: music at full blast and driving my whole family insane. So that, I mean that's it. <laughs> this, is, this is how we show our love and appreciation. Yes. By making uh, driving everyone around us absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy talking about the things that we love. Yeah, completely. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also I think, um, yeah, as you said earlier, that's how you recognize kindred spirits in one another. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I agree. Okay. Um yeah, I think that's all I have to say in this yeah. episode of Orms Air I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, this is it's still a bit weird because Jess is sitting opposite me. Yeah. But yeah, be sure to check out our show notes for this, this week's episode because they're going to be very very linked yeah very much a lot of all the links a lot of content to to share (laughs) a lot of artists to share and a lot of spaces in which we hope you see creative inspiration um but if you think that we've missed something or you think that we you know of a place that we could seek even better creative enrichment or a place that you think we would enjoy being yes please get in touch with us let us know yeah share yeah because i think the power is really really within sharing
1: definitely wasn't um, that the title of Justice's episode? It was. I thought <laughs> I was going to pass it by you. Uh,
0: yeah. Shout, uh, again, and a shout out to everybody who's joined us on Orms Air and yeah. like just being so honest and so open and so giving with their sharing.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. You can see, I mean, I think you can, you can hear it. Um, it really, yeah, it, mm. it, ha- it helps. It changes. It It helps grow the creative world.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's very encouraging to hear other artists come on and talk about yeah. their stuff and realize you actually have so much in common with people. No,
0: completely. Yeah,
1: like in their in their creative processes, re- regardless of what field they're in. I mean, we've had so many different people on here. We've yeah. had a scenographer, we've had photographers, we've had an illustrator, a colorist, and within I- any of those, incredible, there's
0: always been something.
1: Yeah, where, you know, you you find enrichment and you can relate. So it's been great.
0: Also, very interesting the way that's at that. Um, Somebody saying something that you have known your entire life or uh. in just just <laughs> in a different way of saying it or yeah. just a different word order can completely blow your mind. Yeah. Or just
1: hearing them say it like completely like affirms it. Yes. Like Yes, okay, I was right to think this it's I'm not like alone in this thought. Yeah,
0: completely. Yeah. Thank you everybody for being here with us and for letting us know that we are not alone. Yes. On our quest for <laughs> creative <laughs> enrichment slash freedom slash expression yeah thank you jess for joining me on this episode of Omser. it has been a blast Yeah, yeah.
1: thanks for giving me a platform to just info dump about the things that I like. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, I mean, give us feedback on on whether you enjoyed this episode and we'll do it more regularly. And also, thank you, Jess, for putting on your multiple hats and for producing this podcast and editing and doing all of the magical things you do. Yes, well, thank you. Thanks very much. You're (laughs) most welcome.
1: I think it's time to roll the outro. Yay, we can actually do it. Ding,
0: Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Orms Air, the Orms podcast. I hope you've enjoyed being a part of the conversation as much as we've enjoyed having you. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for us, please get in touch by emailing ormsair at orms.co.za. Head on over to ormsair.buzzsprout.com and take a peek at this week's show notes for more information on any works referenced or topics discussed in this week's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode of Orms Air, and feel that someone you know could be creatively enriched by joining us in conversation. Why not share this episode with them and invite them to join our photographic community. Until next week, keep questioning, keep inspiring, and above all, keep creating.